I hate it when I can't decide what I want to talk about on this podcast. So that's why I ran a poll at Sunday Pod on Twitter. And with 62.5% of the vote, we're talking football. That's right. It's soccer season in Southwest Ohio. And we're talking women's soccer, men's soccer, and maybe even a little national soccer as it pertains to Cincinnati. Local sports, it's not on Dayton Sports Radio. It's on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. The podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio area sports. Listen on your favorite podcast platforms by visiting SindayPod.com. That's C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D.com. Intro theme is Overdrive by Matrika from Upbeat.io. Here's your host, Lee W. Mowen. We're going to start the ball off with some women's premier soccer league action. And we have four area teams. Like I said, when we talk about soccer, Columbus is covered because the crew and who to think we get an MLS team in Cincinnati. Well, we do now, but let's start off with the women's side. So four local teams. And on the first take, I originally thought, you know, Columbus Eagles folded. Nope. Looking up on the standings, they're in the Eastern Division of the Ohio Valley Conference. And why are there two Cleveland Ambassadors team? Well, one of them's doing really well. The other one isn't. Shucks. Anyway, let's talk about the Dayton-Cincinnati area teams first. They're in the Western Division. It's now the Ohio Valley Conference. Ten teams, five in each division. Like I mentioned, the West has... Two Dayton area teams and one Cincinnati team. That's right. I said two Dayton area teams. And actually, I never did find out how close they were. I believe I believe I talked about this on a previous uh, podcast about how close these two teams were. In case you don't know who I'm talking about, that would be the Dayton Dutch Lions, of course. They've been around the longest. And then... The FC Dayton squad, which is in its first year of operations. By the way, between stadiums, if you go 725 to 741, uh, apparently that's your fastest route now. This time recording at 1030 in the morning on June the 9th. It's 15 minutes apart or six miles. Six miles apart. Can you believe that? Well, I can. I'm looking at the map. So, yeah, FC Dayton, brand new. They're part of uh, CUSA, which is a youth soccer outfit that's been around for a very long time here. I believe once affiliated with the Columbus Crew's ambitions for growing the sport. But let's look at the standings first. FC Dayton leads all at 3-0, and one of those wins is actually a forfeit win. Their very first game, they took on the Cincinnati Sirens, and it was a scoreless draw. However, FC Dayton got the points and the win. Not entirely sure why. I never saw anything explaining why the Sirens had to forfeit the game. If I remember right, it was at Centerville, so Cincinnati didn't have to acquire training services or, you know, athletic trainers, which a couple of years back that happened to them and they had to forfeit the game because no one ever came out. That was against the Columbus Eagles. So FC Dayton 3-0, FC Pride, I believe they're in the Indiana area. I know that's a whole state. They're 2-2 two two after four matches. They played the most matches. Lady Victory FC, these... Uh, ladies are out of Indianapolis. They're one and one. Cincinnati two and one. Their only loss was that forfeit. If it wasn't a forfeit loss, it would be two zero oh, and one against wins, losses, and draw. And then Dayton Dutch Lions zero oh, and four. So far, this FC Dayton team has yet to allow a goal. They have scored thirteen, allowed none, plus thirteen, best in the West. They get FC Pride at seven. Goals, uh, seven goals scored, three allowed. Lady Victory, five goals scored, two allowed. Cincinnati Sirens, they've scored five. 
and allowed six. And the Dutch Lions, they have scored to allow 19 for negative 17. So rough start for the Dutch Lions, but a beautiful start for FC Dayton. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about FC Dayton. And this is really interesting that we have not one, but two WPSL teams again, about 15 minutes apart or six miles apart. But like I mentioned, CUSA affiliates and yeah, I really like that they brought a team in because, hey, you know, it's a free country. You can try it out. Bradley Schluter, you might know that name with the Dayton Dynamo, with Cedarville, I believe, with the Dayton Dutch Lions for a short bit, and now with FC Dayton. He's leading it, and right now there is tryouts listed on the front page i'm at fcdayton.org slash wpsl which by the way fc dayton also a partner with fc cincinnati which is really cool to see along with ecnl regional league i believe that's for youth Galazo futsal academy that's your indoor soccer not quite like indoor soccer it's a little bit different of course wpsl that's what we're talking about but yeah, six miles apart. And we're talking some of the best you know, soccer players that represent the women's side in the country. You know, Rose Lavelle, former Dayton Dutch Lion. I had the opportunity to broadcast her games. It's really, really cool. So definitely, I like that FC Dayton is aboard. I don't know if they'll ever field a men's pro team. I don't remember the rules on USL League 2, if that's possible. USL League 1, I don't know if that's possible. But, you know, I I like the fact that, you know, they're around. So let's look a little bit deeper into these three teams. We'll dive a little bit into the Columbus Eagles, too. But a 5-0, excuse me, 5-0 uh, forfeit win at Centerville Soccer Stadium against the Sirens. Only one road game so far, and that was at Doc Stadium in West Carrollton. FC Dayton won that 6-0, and on June the 3rd, FC Dayton shut out FC Pride 2-0. I thought they'd beat Lady Victory FC. I guess I'm thinking Dutch Lions. So June the 12th, that's when FC Dayton is back in. They'll be at Grand Park Westfield. That's in the Indianapolis area, I believe, due north. They'll take on Lady Victory FC, and then... Back on the road Friday the 17th at the Pride Performance Center against FC Pride. Back home June the 19th at 3 against Lady Victory FC. And then home against Dayton Dutch Lions that next Sunday at 5 o'clock. And then June, excuse me, July 2nd is the season wrap-up as FC Dayton visits Cincinnati Sirens at Lakota West. So looking for some stats at the moment. And I don't know if I can actually find those. Where do you find those on these stats? Let's try this. We'll look at Dayton Dutch Lions schedule now before we head down to Cincinnati. As the Dutch Lions, it says their head coach is Mark Van Hoof. It's been a lot of turnover this year for Dutch Lions. I mean, men's and women's side. Like I said, Bradley Schluter was part of the Dutch Lions family in Dayton, but now with FC Dayton. He's also assistant coach with the Centerville Elks boys soccer team. You know, the one that's very, very good in the area and got a chance to play for a state title recently. So the Dutch Lions so far, May 20th, started off the season at the Pride Performance Center 6-0 on the wrong side of the scoreboard. At West Carrollton, it was a 2-0 lead at the half for Dayton. However, the Dutch Lions fell to Lady Victory FC at Dock 5-2. And then coming off that 6-0 loss at home against FC Dayton. And then a 2-0 loss at home against the Cincinnati Sirens. So definitely trending in the right direction as the first three matches. A total of 17 goals allowed. But just giving up two. Right now, this offense has only scored in one match, and it was two against Lady Victory FC. What's up next? Well, at Westfield's Grand Park, 
The Dutch Lions will take on Lady Victory FC at Lakota West. By the way, that's actually today, the 9th. How about that? On Wednesday, the 15th, Dutch Lions will take on the Sirens at Lakota West. Back home on the 19th to battle FC Pride. And on the 26th at FC Dayton at Centerville Soccer Stadium. Which, no, is not at the high school. That's at, oh, what is that middle school? Masig? It's off Virginia Avenue. It's the other side of 48 and 725. So there you go. A little bit on the Dutch Lions there. Hopefully we'll have some stats coming up. Looks like there's a master list of all of them. And we'll start with FC Dayton first. That's the team we were starting. And then we'll talk Dutch Lions. There are a few FC teams. Dallas, Davis, then Dayton. That's the one I like to talk about. So far... Ava Hall, your midfielder, leading the team with three goals. Elena Huber with two goals. Leah Fursden with one. Jenna Foley with one. Defender Kaylin Helensky. She plays at Wright State. One goal, one assist. And then the rest of these fine ladies with assists. Three for Lauren Bastion. Diana Bonino plays with the Dayton Flyers. One assist. Mackenzie Evans, one assist. Chloe Spittler, one assist. Anna Sweeney. One assist for FC Dayton. Now we'll go back and talk about the Dayton Dutch Lions. Here we go. Like I mentioned, just two goals scored, and the stats do not register anyone scoring nor assisting, which means I can't tell you who scored. I'm sorry about that. But let's go ahead and head to Cincinnati. We'll talk about the stats first, since that's the page I'm on. Michaela Woods, your leading scorer, two goals. Megan Creech, Haley Miller, and Casey Smugard with one goal each. Then you have an assist and a yellow card for Emily Boyorf. And yeah, that's the only team I saw that actually put yellow cards in. So there you go. Let's look at the Cincinnati Sirens. They're 2-1, like I mentioned. The only loss was a forfeit, which, again, I don't have the official reason why. It starts off with that forfeit loss at FC Dayton, which ends up going 5-0. And then the Sirens picked up their first win at the Pride Performance Center on the road, taking down FC Pride 3-1. And then a shutout win at West Carrollton Stock Stadium, 2-0 over the Dutch Lions. And I was about to say... That the Sirens play exclusively at Lakota West. They have so for a few years. But that is not the case. This Saturday at 7, the Sirens will host FC Pride at Fairfield. Must have been a conflict at Lakota West, to say the least. Pretty heavy home schedule for the Cincinnati Sirens. You want to see your Cincinnati women's soccer team? You should head to Lakota West, except this Saturday. They're at Fairfield. You can go to Lakota West, but uh, they're not going to be there. So, again, June the 11th, hosting FC Pride at Fairfield, and then hosting Dayton, uh, excuse me, Dayton Dutch Lions at Lakota West. Can't do that anymore, can I? There's two Dayton teams. On June the 15th, Saturday the 18th, the Sirens will host Lady Victory FC at Lakota West at 7 o'clock. Then that next Saturday, the 25th, at 3, they'll visit Lady Victory FC at Grand Park in Westfield, last road match of the year for Cincinnati. And then July the 2nd, it's a rematch with FC Dayton at Lakota West at 7 p.m. I feel like this season's a lot shorter because it used to be, I swear it used to be 12 matches, but maybe, maybe it's always five home and five away. It just seems a lot shorter. It could just be me, though. But then again, when you have four foes in your division now, instead of the six, yeah, that's that's a lot of changes. So again, your West FC Dayton leaning with three wins, no losses, no draws. Since I sirens currently two and one in fourth place, which is weird considering that that's a better winning percentage than FC Pride and Lady Victory. Which is basically 500 on the year, two and two and one and one. And then the Dutch Lions, 0 and 4, 0 and 3 at home. We'll take a quick peek at the East. 
as your Columbus Eagles are one and two tied for third with Century United. Like I mentioned, there are two Cleveland Ambassadors teams. There's Ambassadors Cleveland, who is leading the East at 4-0-2. There's the Betting Soccer Club. Bedling Soccer Club. I'm sorry. I thought it was a weird retype of Reading, like Reading, Pennsylvania, but I don't think that's the case. Let's see. Where are you all from? South Point Fieldhouse. Ooh, again, indoor facility. That's nice. It's not telling me where they play, though. That's outstanding. They're 2-1-2, and two, by the way. Century United, they're 1-2. and two. Where's Century United from? That doesn't actually say where it is. 4-1-2 area code. That's not Cleveland, is it? I don't think it is. Well, let's look at the website. It's probably... Nope, it takes you right back to the league website. So feel free to tell me where they play at. I'm not going to keep bothered looking. Then you got the Columbus Eagles, one and two. Then the Cleveland Ambassadors, not to be confused with Ambassadors Cleveland, one and four. It's very weird. The same organization has not one but two teams, but there we go. In case you want to see your Columbus Eagles, you'll have to go to Burnlore Stadium at Capital University, home of now the Comets and the next home game won't be until June 19th at four against Century United. However, the Eagles will finish the regular season with three straight home matches, Century United, Ambassadors Cleveland, then the Cleveland Ambassadors. You know, there there exist numbers and Roman numerals. You could say Cleveland Ambassadors 1, Cleveland Ambassadors 2. There's A, there's B. Not just flip the names around. Come on. So that is your look at WPSL and the local teams around Dayton, Cincinnati, and Columbus. Now we move on to the men's side of things. USL League 2. And we have the Dayton Dutch Lions and Kingshammer FC representing Dayton and Cincinnati, both belonging in the Valley Division of the Central Conference. I just look and, you know, what's crazy to me about soccer is it, it changes a lot in minor league sports. I mean, this is probably the most radical changes I've come across, you know, on this podcast. I mean, there's new teams, there's teams being shuffled around. There's it's 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 a doozy. It's a doozy follow. Who's in the Valley Division with the Dutch Lions and Kings Hammer FC? Remember, Cincinnati Dutch Lions folded a few years back. Well, you got the South Bend Lions, the Fort Wayne FC Club, Toledo Villa FC, which is one of the teams out of the Premier oh what was it? Premier League of America? Something like that. It was Premier League something. And Cleveland Force SC. Now this FC stuff, it's SC. And then Dayton. That's in the Valley Division. Uh, Let's look at some of the other foes that Dayton's played in the past few years. Your Michigan teams are in the Great Lakes Division. Kalamazoo FC, Flint City Bucks, AFC Ann Arbor, Oakland County FC. Believe that's a new one. Midwest United FC and Lansing City Football. I believe they were the Lansing Ignite. Maybe that's a different franchise. I see Chicago SC United in the Heartland Division with the St. Louis Lions, Chicago City SC, Call Valley FC, Springfield ASC, ooh, ASC, the Chicago Dutch Lions, and FC Wichita. Yeah, if you don't know, the Dutch Lions have, like, teams all across the globe. There was a lot I saw in the WPSL. It's like, it's crazy how many Dutch Lions there were. There There used to be, like, five and now I've lost count but there you go that's a topic for another time deep north division deep north not shallow north Des Moines Menace they're really good I think they won the championship last year a few years back I think Peoria City St. Crow SC Thunder Bay Chill in Canada Minneapolis City SC and FC Manitoba I feel like that's a rebrand of Winnipeg's team I thought they were the chill, but no, that's Thunder Bay. Who am I thinking of then? Now, who cares? And then the Valley Division, that's your Central Conference. Let's talk about the Valley Division. South Bend currently leads. Again, wins, losses, and draws, even though the standings say T. 
Four one and one for the South Bend Lions. Fort Wayne FC not too shabby either at four and two. Kings Hammer two two and one. Toledo Villa FC two and three. Cleveland Force SC one one and three. And the Dayton Dutch Lions 0 four and one. It has been a very very rough year for the Dayton Dutch Lions. Women haven't won. Men haven't won either. And let's talk about the Dutch Lions first. So far on the season, a couple of road lo- a couple of home losses, excuse me, as the opener was a 5-0 defeat at Dock Stadium against the South Bend Lions before uh, Thunder came in around the 83rd minute. Uh, Dayton was trailing 2-0, had a couple shots on frame, just bounced off the frame, and then after the delay was over in the last six or seven minutes, South Bend scored three more. Yeah, it was not pretty after the delay. In the, what is it, the traffic cone? The El Trafico cone? Okay, that one I'm going to have to look up and see. Thank you to Five Rivers Faithful on Slack for that. El Traffic Cone, that's what it's called. It's the rivalry between Dayton and Toledo, which hasn't happened since Toledo Villa, before Toledo Villa came into the two. And Dayton fell 2-1 to one up at the University of Toledo. Paul Holmerfield? Hotmerfield, excuse me. I couldn't tell if that was a smear on my computer or not. That's my fault. Only non-loss so far was a 3-3 draw at home against the Cleveland Force SC. Dayton would then fall at home to Fort Wayne FC 5-0 and then at South Bend Lions at TCU Stadium 2-0. What is TCU? First thing that pops into mind is Texas Christian, but that is certainly not right. At least I don't think it is. Temple Christian? Might be Temple Christian. So what's up next for the Dutch Lions? Well, they're home tomorrow the 10th. They'll take on their foes in Cincinnati, King's Hammer, for the first time. Actually, it'll be two times that King's Hammer is in Dayton. One time that the Dutch Lions visit them in Cincinnati. Actually, in Kentucky at Bishop Brossard High School. I thought they were at Xavier. The more I know. Sorry. Then the 10th hosting Kings Hammer on the road in the 14th at Fort Wayne FC at Bishop Dwenger High School. The stadium at Shieldsfield. Oh, the stadium at Shieldsfield. I thought Shieldsfield would be at the stadium, but what do I know? And then at Cleveland State University, take on Cleveland Force SC. That's cool. You're using CSU's field, Krenzler Field. At home, July the 7th, take on Kings Hammer. On the road, the 9th, to take on Cleveland Force. That is two games in three days and a lengthy trip back up to Cleveland. Hmm. Last two home matches on Sunday, July the 10th, against Fort Wayne at 5. And Wednesday, July 13th, against Toledo Villa FC at 7. Last two road games of the year are at King's Hammer, July 15th at 7, and at South Bend on the 16th at 7. Cincinnati South Bend. I mean, it's not like Cincinnati St. Louis or something like that, but still, that's that's not great. So let's look at the stats of the Dutch Lions. You mentioned 0-4-1 on the year. You got incoming Wright State Raider on the team, Dominic Ruffalo, but he has yet to register a goal and assist. He does have two shots, however, in all four matches he's played in 210 minutes. That is second behind Grant Murray's 258. That's the most minutes I see. And Joseph Quadio. I believe that's the Quadio that plays at Wright State. It has to be because the other one, Mark Quadio, is a goalie. Unless they're using him as a forward, which, you know, that could happen. Three goals, one assist for Quadio. And Preston Manthe, also with Wright State, one goal, one assist. Those two gentlemen have all four goals and two of the three assists. Now, this name, hopefully I don't butcher too bad. Don't flame me if I get it too bad. I apologize. Edward Kolsnikov? Kolsnikov. Kolsnikov. There we go. Kolsnikov. Let's take take three. One assist for him in his two matches. Goalie-wise, 
Niels Roth has played the most. Three matches for him, 161 minutes. He has allowed five goals, save 14 shots. His percentage is at 73.7%, and his goals allows average at 2.80. Sean Ellis has played two matches. He has allowed five goals, only three saves. His goals allows average is at five. Bryson Naharian, one match, allowed two goals, made nine saves. He's actually got the highest save percentage of any full match participants at 81.8. Two goals allows average. And this is a name that's so long it is cut off. It is Guillerme Michelin Piporo. He's only played 19 minutes in his only match. Three saves, though. Perfect 1,000 save percentage. But only 19 minutes, however. So that is your look at the Dayton Dutch Lions. The team stats. It's been a rough one. Just one draw against Cleveland. The opponents have scored nine goals in the second half compared to eight in the first. So it's been pretty heavy against the Dutch Lions backside. And overall, the goalie core of the Dutch Lions, three goals allows average, save percentage at about 71%. And that's your look at the Dayton Dutch Lions. How do I get back to the Valley Division? That is interesting. Like that, I guess. Now let's talk about Kings Hammer FC. They're the only other local team. And let's talk about them. Again, that's the team that took over for Cincinnati Dutch Lions in USL League 2. And I'm, I'm glad that we have a Dayton-Cincinnati connection there. It is the best rivalry. Is it still called the Subway Cup rivalry? where the trophy is literally a cup from Subway. I don't know, but let's look at the game schedule for King's Hammer. Start off the year at Bishop Brossard High School, Mustang Athletic Complex, with a 1-0 defeat to Fort Wayne, but got revenge back at Bishop Dwenger High School by knocking off Fort Wayne on the road 2-1. A draw at Bishop Brossard against Cleveland Force, a loss at South Bend 2-1, but a win at Toledo Villa, 2-1. Next match, those Dayton Dutch Lions welcome in King's Hammer. And then on the 14th, on the road at Toledo again. Then hosting South Bend on the 17th of June. And Fort Wayne FC on the 25th of June. At Cleveland, Force SC on the 28th. Flip the calendar to July. Four matches left. Three of them at home. Home against Toledo on the 1st. At Dayton on the 7th, hosting Cleveland on the 10th, and hosting Dayton on the 15th. Let's look at the stats for King's Hammer, which, by the way, is, I believe, one of the youth programs that's been around for a while in Cincinnati. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong there. A couple assists for Kyle Healy and Ethan Garvey. And your goals. Why are they always towards the bottom? I don't understand that. And this is a name I'm probably going to mess up. So, again, feel free to correct me. Malalone Gumbale in five matches. He scored two goals. Marcelo Jones has also scored two goals in five matches. However, Malone has eight shots on target. Jones only four. Mikhail Goling has one goal. Ben Hedgie with one goal. And Samuel Robinson with one goal. Assist. Taylor Dyson has two. Antonio Pineda with one. And I mentioned Ethan Garvey and Kyle Healy all have one apiece. Goalie-wise, there's three. Playing the most minutes and the most matches is Daniel Birmingham. He has allowed five goals, made 11 saves. His save percentage a little low at 68.8, but his goals allows average not bad at a cool 1.67. Brian Pratt has played one match, one half to be precise. He's allowed one goal in that half, one save. He's got a 50% save percentage and a goals allows average at the highest on the team at two. Still two. That's not bad. Chad Smith on the other side. He has played 135 minutes in two matches. He's allowed one goal, made four saves. Highest save percentage at 80%. Lowest goals allows average at 0.67. That's your look at King's Hammer and the standings. 
weekend. It's a rough year for the Dayton Dutch Lions, men's and women's, but still, check them out at West Carrollton High School. You want to check out FC Dayton. They're at Centerville's Alumni Stadium at Masig Middle School on Virginia Avenue. Not at the high school. Again, not at the high school. Centerville is one of the few schools around here that have separate soccer and football facilities. That's American football, mind you. Uh, Cincinnati, I mentioned next home match is at Fairfield, which is just a short trip away from Lakota West. And the rest will be at Lakota West. You know, the Ikea exit. Go there. If you went towards Lakota East, you went in the wrong field and you're probably not watching anything because I don't know what they have up there at this time. That's your look at USL2 in Cincinnati and Dayton. And I know what you're thinking. The next league we're talking about is Major League Soccer, right? Nope. It's the Ohio Valley Premier League. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know already because the chapters and everything. Isn't that a really cool feature? I think so. So, of course, Ohio Valley Premier League, it's got low costs. Traveling is at a minimum. And, you know, people that love the sport can still play it. It's a competitive soccer circuit to offer only men's and women's premier U23 adult amateur competition throughout the Ohio Valley which, of course, is Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Now, on the website, ovplsoccer.com, there is men's and women's. However, I'm at the women's side because I'd like to talk about that. It says 2021, so this is last year, and I don't know if there's a women's soccer circuit for this year, but I can. That was right in my ear. Thank you. I can tell you. Last year was Ohio Premier Soccer Club in Plain City. Apparently established in 1993. That's impressive. Then you got Sporting Columbus, and I love their logo. It reminds me of the Columbus Crews old one, you know, before they went cheap and had a banner and everything. I still don't like it. But this one, it's got, what is that arc? The Blue Jackets used it in their uh, intro video a few years back. I don't know if they still do or not, but yeah, it's that arc. It's awesome. Then you got out of Avon Lake, North FC, and Croatia Juniors in Cleveland. In the Valley Conference, that was a river conference, the Valley Conference, Cincy Saints SC2, Cincinnati Sirens 2, Club Ohio, which is Dayton, Green County area, I think. I know they have uh, they have a good youth program here. Chris Bethel, my friend up at Wright State, he coaches one of those teams, I think. Croatia Juniors in Cleveland in the Valley Conference, where the first three I mentioned are Cincinnati Dayton. That makes sense. West Virginia's Empire FC at the Bridgeport Recreational Complex, the Lexington Land Sharks. You might remember them being the First team ever that the OVPL mentioned. That's at the Transylvania Athletic Complex in Lexington. And that's it. There's no standings or anything. So hopefully more successful news on the men's side. And yes, OVPL 2022 is here. So the table for, I believe this is now spring 2022. Valhalla FC, they play at Milford. Sorry. I get a chance to say Milford and it's not a serious broadcast. I have to do that. It's in my contract. Look it up. Eight wins, no draws, and one loss. And I wish that pop-up would go away. But anyway. And Valhalla FC has scored 44 goals while allowing 12. That is a table best at plus 32. Impressive work. Northern Kentucky FC, they're the Nitro, and I believe they play at NKU. 5-2-2, two, and two, that's draws and losses. Well, that's actually wins, draws, and losses, if you want to split hairs. 32 goals scored, 19 allowed. Old Boys SC, 4-3-1. UCMCS, what does that mean? I assume that's University of Cincinnati MCS, which I don't know. Men's Club Soccer? Yeah, I think I solved the case by myself. Great. 4-2-3 and three for those Bearcats. In seven matches, Xavier's club team, one win, one draw, five losses. Ohio Galaxies FC, two wins, one loss. 
Now, uh, earlier in the year, I found out that the partnership between Ohio Galaxies, which I believe is mostly Xenia area, and the Dayton Dutch Lions, I don't think that's a thing anymore. In fact, they have played the least amount of matches, and I think this is going back to last year. So, there you go. Since the SC, two draws, six losses, and Indy Warriors FC, three draws. Uh, excuse me, three losses. They switched the table. I don't understand it. Sorry. And there's a list of, wow, that is a lot on there. And yeah, that has to be University of Cincinnati Men's College so- Men's Club Soccer. Sorry. Still wish they didn't cut it, but yeah. Looking at all these results. And the last one recorded was April 24th. And it was Valhalla knocking off Cincy SC 11 to 1 at Milford. So there you go. It's a league that I like a lot. And I love the premise. And hey, it's nice that traveling is limited. And ooh, there's some new news from March. They have three teams. Stop popping up. I don't have any questions about soccer anyway. So the Ohio Valley Premier League has added Elite FC. Let's find out where that is, because I don't know where Elite is. They also welcome in the Erie Commodores. If you remember the very successful Dayton Dynamo year, that was the team that the Dynamo had to knock off 2-1 to in the playoffs for their first playoff win. Ostrander, Ohio, just north of Dublin. Ostrander, Ohio. Why have I never heard of that? So, Columbus. And they'll play at Shelley Park, where the club operates a 30-acre soccer-only park. Impressive. Ostrander, Ohio. Why have I never heard of that? I've been around this area for that long. Erie Commodores, like I mentioned, and Ambassadors FC. Yes, the same Cleveland Ambassadors. Founded in 1990. So I'm only two years older than them. That's cool. Let's see. They began as Ambassadors in Sport in Bolton, England. So nice little connection across the pond. I never knew that. Best staple women's program and the WPSL. Yeah, Ambassadors Cleveland has uh, the lead, but Cleveland Ambassadors, no. That's pretty cool that Cleveland's represented by the Ambassadors there, and there's a little connection with England. Sporting Columbus brings women's team over to 2022, which I confused about that because, yeah, I looked at the women's site and it didn't really say anything. And yes, it was University of Cincinnati Men's Club Soccer. Which I I still hate that there's no men's soccer anymore at UC, but okay. what are we going to do? Ohio Valley Premier League to join Great Lakes Alliance in 2022. U.S. Club Soccer is thrilled to announce that OVPL is loading the page and joining the Great Lakes Alliance ahead of the 2022 season. One of the pillars in the VPL is to grow the game of soccer for communities. This merger will open the player pathway for GLA membership to include a U23 competition. I was going to say competitor there. I can't read for its members. That's pretty cool. Now, this league continues to grow and do great things. And, you know, when we talk about local soccer, OVPL definitely deserves a mention. I mean, it, it's criminal that soccer really isn't covered at all around here. And in fact, the only peeps you hear in Cincinnati is about FC Cincinnati. In Columbus, I'm sure it's the same with the crew. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll talk about the Eagles, maybe, but uh, I can't vouch for that because I don't know. But it's a, it is a shame because I love what they're doing, OVPL. And hopefully one day I'll get a chance to talk to them and you know see about their goals and everything. So that will do it. That's OVPL and the spring 2022 season officially in the books. And finally, we reach MLS. And we got the two teams to talk about because I'm the most evil person out there. FC Cincinnati and the Columbus crew. I'm the most evil person out there because I like both. So there we go. That'll do. So this year, eh, one team's in the playoffs. One team isn't. 
And it's probably not who you think. For you Cincinnatians, it's FC Cincinnati. They're currently above the playoff line in the Eastern Conference. Columbus, though, not that far off. So let's go ahead and look at the standings. New York City FC currently on top, 8-3-2. We're back to wins, losses, and draws. Seriously, draws, not ties, draws, draws. Sorry. They got the best goal differential at plus 15, scoring 25, allowing 10, and 6-1-1 one, one at home. They still playing at Yankee Stadium? That I don't know. And 2-2-1 two, two, and one away. Philadelphia Union, 6-1-7. Montreal, who's getting a new logo for next year, which actually isn't bad. 7-5-2. New York, 6-3-5. Orlando, 6-5-3. And then there's FC Cincinnati. Great to see you on top, Cincinnati. 6-7-1 for the Lions with Knives, or the Orange and Blue as a score stream will pop up. Miami, wow, enter Miami actually above the playoff line. Only took them 10 years to actually field the team, David Beckham. 5-6-3, below the line is Charlotte FC. I believe this is their first year in the league. 5-8-1, there's Columbus 4-5-4 four, four, with Atlanta at the same record. And New England 4 5 and 4. Toronto 4 7 and 3. DC United 4 7 and 2. And Chicago at the bottom at 2 7 and 5. So, yeah, right off the bat, Pat Noonan and Chris Albright, the GM, they're starting to turn around. But remember, Cincinnati was not built in the day because it was first Losantiville. Thank God it's Cincinnati now. Let's look at FC Cincinnati stats, shall we? Right now, your leading scorer is Brandon Vazquez. He has scored seven goals in his 13 matches, 12 starts in 1,068 minutes. And with three assists to boot, 34 shots, 14 of those on target. Wow, these stats really, really break it down. And three tackles. Acosta, five goals. He's second on FC Cincinnati with six assists. Barreal. Two goals, two assists for him in 12 matches played. Moreno with two goals, one assist. And it's Calvin Harris. No, not the DJ Calvin Harris. One goal, one assist. Matarita with one goal, two assists. One goal for, I believe that's Ian Murphy. Yes, it is Ian Murphy. Hey, if I scroll it, I can actually see their names. Junior Moreno and Alvaro Barreal. And it's... Luciano? I believe that's how you say that. Again, if I'm wrong on any of these pronunciations, you'll have to tell me. I don't get a chance to listen to crew games, and the one time I got a chance to listen to FC Cincinnati on 1530, they just didn't have the broadcast at all. And I listened up until I couldn't pick up 1530 anymore. That was uh that was not great. Not great at all. And that was a doubleheader lacrosse morning too so it would have been perfect time and they just had trouble getting the signal out so yay goalkeeping well there's four goalies and you two that have played the most uh alec khan who i thought was on the injured list a while back he has started seven matches both your goalies with stats have played exactly 630 minutes and starting in seven matches Right now, Khan has the higher goals allows average at 2 in 14 goals allowed, whereas Celatano, that is Roman Celatano, his goals allows average at 1.57 with 11 goals allowed. 23 saves for Celatano, 21 for Khan, which means Khan's save percentage a little lower at 60% to 67.7%. Penalty kick face, Khan has face 3 and has... Allowed two of those to go in. And Celotano, the only one he faced, he allowed. So that's your luck. There's also Beckham Sunderland and Kenneth Vermeer on this list. But they have not played in MLS action. So FC Cincinnati. I'm impressed with the turnaround. I thought that this year eh, be another down year. It'll improve. But really see the results. I mean, there's one blowout against FC Cincinnati. One. And it was the season opener. Of course, against Anthony Precourt's wet dream to have a team in Austin. 
Why is he going to move it to freaking Idaho when he doesn't get his way in Austin? Yeah, we don't like pre-court. We don't like Austin. Of course, we don't. We're in Ohio. Why would we? Anyway, 5-0 Austin at Q2 Stadium in Austin. I believe that was the first ever game. Or they second-year team? Hmm. Probably should have looked that up. I don't care. First home match for FC Cincinnati. They fell to DC United 1-0 at TQL Stadium. And the first win of the year, match number three at Exploria Stadium in Orlando. It's FC Cincinnati 2, Orlando City 1. And then followed up with back-to-back wins. First home win of the year, knocking off Inter-Miami 3-1. And then falling on the road in the Queen City battle, because Charlotte's also the Queen City, but we're better. Why? Because I said so. FC Cincinnati fell 2-0. I'm sure Charlotte's lovely and all, but Cincinnati's the Queen City, I know. And I think Buffalo's also called Queen City. It's too many Queen Cities, and apparently there's a lot of gem cities out there, too. So, hooray. So that's your February and March. Things got better for FC Cincinnati. Yes, they did fall at Montreal 4-3 at home. A scoreless draw at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. A tough loss to... An always tough customer, LAFC 2-1. I think the winning goal was scored in the late 80s. The late 80th minute, something like that. So, yeah. Good battle with LAFC. And then you have the first ever long streak of wins in MLS for FC Cincinnati. First up, closing up April with a 2-1 win against Toronto FC at BMO Field in Canada. And then coming back to defeat Toronto, shutout fashion, 2-0 at TQL Stadium. And then the first ever win against the Loons of Minnesota United at Alliance Field. Alliance? Alliance Field? Sure. FC Cincinnati won 1-0. At Social Field, FC Cincinnati kept the good times rolling by shutting out, excuse me, by winning over the fire 2-1. I know what a shutout is. Shut up. And then the streak would end in late May, falling to New England Revolution 3-2. Keep in mind the Open Cup. I think it was about a week before. FC Cincinnati fell to New England 5-1. So much better contest played for FC Cincinnati, but still a defeat. And then the last match was May 28th at Stade Sapoto and Montreal won 4-3. We're currently in a break, and our next match won't be until next Saturday, the 18th, at Subaru Park in Philadelphia, Union host FC Cincinnati. That's a way to kick things back up, and apparently this match will be on ESPN+. I'm actually off that day, so I might be able to watch it on my phone. And back home on the 24th of June to take on Orlando City SC. That'll be on ESPN Plus. If you're in Cincinnati area, Star 64. It's a pity that it doesn't show the radio. They're supposed to be on 1530, but the one match I tried to listen to, no, I can't listen to it. So there you go. Find Radio Home at your own risk. In case you're wondering when the first Hell is Real battle happens, it is July the 11th. Excuse me, July the 17th. Because I forgot how to read again. Columbus Crew will welcome in FC Cincinnati at Lower.com Field. And that will be scheduled. It does not say kickoff time. So that's nice. But this one's on FS1 and Fox Deportes. The Hell is Real series moves to Cincinnati on August uh, 27th. And this one is such a big match. It's on Bally Sports Ohio. Oh, wait. Yeah, it did. I can't read again. It's 730. On July 17th in Columbus and 7.30 in Cincinnati on August 27th at TQL Stadium, ESPN Plus, Star 64, or Bally Sports, Ohio. It's a pity that the Columbus one isn't on a on a Bally Sports because the crew used to be on there. And then Precourt said, no, let's have it on a channel where only about half of the people can get. So there you go. And that is your look at FC Cincinnati. All in all, hey, I'm proud of how this team's turned around. I mean, they're no longer the basement dwellers that they've been for the past few years. That's now Chicago Fire. Still a lot of time to play, so I could probably eat those words as the season closes up. But I do like this turnaround. I think FC Cincinnati is on the right track. I mean, 
If you look at the standings, it's NYCFC Philadelphia, but on the top, Montreal, and yet to play New York Red Bulls. That's your top four. But still, Cincinnati, 19 points in 14 matches. They're on the right track. Speaking on the right track, Columbus Crew is starting to groove into a better predicament. 4-5-4 and four for Caleb Porter's crew. I fear that they're going to do something rash at the end of the season and fire him, even though last year it was mostly injuries and the depth didn't really pan out. But, yeah. So we got Zellerayan. He is leading the crew. Lucas Zellerayan. Four goals scored, three assists. Then you got Anthony, uh, Derek Anthony Jr. Three goals, five assists. Two goals for Miguel Berry. Then you got Eric Hurtado with two goals. Two goals for Darlington Nagby. Luis Diaz with a goal. I believe that's Pedro. Yes, Pedro Santos. Hey, I actually remember the name. Look at me. One goal for him and two assists. One goal for Jonathan Mensa and one goal for Gaski Zardas, which if I remember right, didn't he get alone somewhere? Or am I thinking someone else? I'm probably thinking someone else. Let's be real. So let's look at the crew schedule so far. Once the page loads, bam, there we go. Starting off right with a 4-0 shutout at home against the Vancouver Whitecaps. First draw of the year at PayPal Park in San Jose with the Earthquakes, or just the Quakes as the badge says, 3-3. Another win against Toronto, 2-1. A draw against New York Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena, 1-1. First loss in the year, April the 2nd at Nash, uh, excuse me, at home against Nashville. See, I always think home is on the right, but it's actually on the left. 1-0 loss to Nashville. 1-0 loss to Philadelphia at Subaru Park. 2-0 loss at Orlando. Scoreless draw at Children's Mercy Park. That's Sporting Kansas City. And then back on the winning track with a 3-0 shutout win against DC United. A draw against New England, 2-2 to open up May. A 2-0 loss at Yankee Stadium against New York City FC. They still play at Yankee Stadium. I thought they were supposed to get their own soccer stadium by now. Guess not. LAFC defeats Columbus in Central Ohio 2-0. In the last match that the crew played, they won at Mercedes-Benz Stadium 2-1. Again, long international break. And then Charlotte moves into town. You can catch this on Bally Sports Great Lakes. That's the Cleveland Oh, that used to be Sports Time Ohio. That's the Cleveland Valley Sports. You can also watch on ESPN+. Plus. It's on WAXN slash WSOC and on Telemundo. That's pretty cool. I assume AXN and SOC. Yeah, SOC is definitely Charlotte. I know that one. And then on the road at Real Salt Lake at Rio Tinto Stadium. And then at Toronto to close out June at BMO Field. And I already mentioned the... Hell is Real starts at Lower.com Field July 17th at 7.30. FS1 or Fox Deportes. No ESPN Plus there, which is fine. I'll find a radio feed for that. So, yeah, just a rash of couple tough losses. Philadelphia Union, you know, that's that's a great RAN Union team. The loss at Orlando. Eh. And Nashville, they've always been tough, especially at home in Nashville since they opened up their new soccer-only stadium. So a couple of those losses, yeah, and LAFC, definitely a tough customer in the West, which, by the way, they are leading the West at 9-3-2. That is five points better than FC Dallas at 7-3-4. Rael Salt Lake is 7-4-4. Austin is 7-4-3. Not in the top anymore, are you? Yeah. LA Galaxy 7-5-2, Nashville 6-4-4, Houston 5-6-3. Nice to see the Dynamo over the playoff line. Minnesota United 5-6-3 with Colorado, Vancouver 5-7-2, Seattle 5-6-1, 3-6-6 Portland. Wow, Portland's really fallen on hard times. San Jose 3-6-5 and Kansas City 3-8-4. Wow, Kansas City has really fallen on hard times see them at the bottom that's normally colorado vancouver not kansas city but there you go mls catch the fever and hopefully next time i listen to it on radio 
I'll actually be able to listen to it and not just hear all the whole music and then ESPN radio. And now we talk about United States men's national team, because, yes, we're in America. Funny that. So I'm not going to talk about the result of FC Cincinnati's TQL Stadium. It's a three nil win against Morocco. I am going to talk about Christian Pulisic being unhappy with the crowd at FC Cincinnati. Okay, first off, we are in a recession from hell. I mean, that's not just the United States, but everywhere. The globe is just suffering. And now we have gas prices at 509. Oh, I'm sorry, 506. It went down three cents. Wow, thank you, greedy people. You really saved us there. Five dollar gallon gas. I never thought I'd see the day. Incidentally, it was about 470 the first time I was in the prospect league. So maybe that's my cue to get out of the prospect league. No, no, it's not. So Pulisic was rather upfront, calling out a perceived lack of support in what's one of three matches USMLT will play at home soil before competing in the Qatar 2022 World Cup this November. The Chelsea forwards remark came after setting up Brendan Aronson's opener and drawing the penalty kick that Haji Wright converted on his senior team debut. I'm not super happy with the amount of Americans here. However, that works out if I'm being completely honest. He said post-game during an ESPN interview with Jillian Sukovitz, who also co-hosts MLS podcast, The Call-Up. But thanks for the ones that did come out, and the support is always great from him. It's nice to be back in America and playing again. Okay, first off, it's a friendly. Okay? United States is already going to the World Cup this November and Qatar. Second off, I mentioned the gas prices. At that time, they were in the high 470s. Not quite $5, but you get where I'm going with this. Third off, we're hurting. We're hurting bad. And sorry that nosebleeds are 70 bucks, and people kind of decide, mm, need to eat, need to pay utilities, need to pay rent. Sorry. Don't have the millions of dollars that you have or millions of pounds that you have. Sorry. It just irked me. I mean, you could point that out, but at the same time, we're we're struggling here. We're really struggling. Oh, by the way, the official attendance was 24,002, which is short of the venue's capacity of 26,000 fans. Oh no, 2,000 from a sellout. Oh no. On-site reporters also praised the support of Morocco's fans. What was the African country's fourth ever meeting with United States? The Atlas Lions had won all three prior matchups, with the last one coming in a friendly before the 2006 FIFA World Cup in Germany. Wednesday's clash between World Cup bound nations was United States' second trip to the Queen City in under seven months. The beat arch rivals Mexico, Dose Cerro, in a World Cup qualifier on November 12th before a sold out crowd. Remember, we still had higher gas prices, but nothing like this. And plus, World Cup qualifier, not a friendly, more important, rivalry with Mexico. Hmm, I wonder why it sold out. It just irked me. Like, dude, you're crapping on Cincinnati for all the wrong reasons. Again. Staying in Ohio, USMNT also played twice at Lower.com Field recently. They defeated El Salvador 1-0 in a World Cup qualifier win on January 27th. Also another qualifier win, 2-1 over Costa Rica on October 13th. So, yeah, go ahead and crap on Cincinnati if you want. But all I'm saying is you are wrong. Since FC Cincinnati became a thing, the soccer fans have been out in droves. And this is just, Cincinnati is such a great sports town. You will not tell me any different. You still have teams that are supporting the Reds, which we'll talk about in the baseball episode. You still have the love for the Reds. You have the blooming love for the Bengals sprouting up. It's cool to be a Bengals fan again. And certainly not a Browns fan, since now your quarterback has 66 complaints of sexual assault against him now. That's only risen from 24. 
yeah, if he sees the football field this year or any time in the near future, I will flip my lid. Because that is crap. 66. And the Houston Texans were apparently part of it. Yeah, heads need to be chopped off, but let's get back to soccer. So, it's a friendly. Doesn't mean much. It's an exercise in getting ready for the World Cup happening in a few months. You just want to crap on Cincinnati because we're suffering? I know everyone else is suffering. That's not an excuse. But, really, dude? 2,000 short of a sellout and you want to complain like that? It just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And luckily, it rubbed a lot of Cincinnatians the wrong way, too. Because, yeah, that is absolute crap. And now we'll take a swing at the women's national team. And we're going to talk about that. No drama from them. You know. Should be, though, because women deserve a lot more love than they get. So in case you're wondering, we'll go and talk about the men's team, too. But I need a break. And let's talk about the women's team. They're going to take on Gurn. Who is Gurn? That is a good question. In Austin, Texas, at Q2 Stadium. Granada. That's who it was. I didn't recognize the flag. But this will be in Texas. That's men's. I want a women's. Oh. Apparently, I can't read. It was men's all along. I clicked women's. Why would you do this to me, United States? Make me look like an idiot. Anyway, sorry. That's my fault. So, next match for the men's national team will be against Granada. and It's in Austin, Texas, June the 10th. So, tomorrow at 10 at night, ESPN Plus, Unimas and Tudin, T-U-D-N. Sure, I don't know what that is. And then on FS1 on June 14th, on the road at CONCIEF Nations League. Is that El Salvador? Yeah, that's El Salvador. I should look at where the location is. That would help. They're going to play that at Estadio Cusacatlion, San Salvador in El Salvador. And then the U-20 team will take on... What is that? And Honduras, SKN. Man, I thought I knew a lot about geography, and it turns out I'm just an idiot. U-20 championship, can it's Canada on the 20th. Time to be determined. This is also in Honduras. And then Cuba on the 22nd. International friendly for the women, they'll take on Colombia. They'll be on FS1 at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, Commerce City, Colorado. Is that where the Rapids play? Sure, let's say that's where the Rapids play. And apparently they'll have two friendlies against Colombia. June 25th at 7.30, June 28th at 10. And this one will be at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, the home of Rael Salt Lake. Women will take on for the CONCIEF Women's Championship against Haiti. That's on July the 4th at 7. Hey, July the 4th. Uh, however, this is not in the United States. It's going to be at Estadio Universitario de Nuevo Nuevo Leon, San Nicolas de los Garza in Mexico. That's on CBS Sports Network or Paramount Plus. Also on VIX, whatever VIX is. It's not the stuff you rub on your chest. That's not what I'm talking about. Also in the Women's Championship, Jamaica. And this will be in Mexico. And then July 11th, Mexico. And then the U-20 Women's World Cup against Ghana. And then the Netherlands on August 14th. Your first World Cup game. I believe that's Wales. I think they're qualifying for the first time since the 60s. Something like that. This will be at Ahmed bin Ali Stadium at Al Rayyan, Qatar. On the 21st of November. So we got a little while. At 2 p.m. Eastern. Also at 2 p.m. Eastern. The next World Cup game, England. The Battle Across the Pond, November 25th at Al Bait Stadium at Al Khor, Qatar. Hopefully I'm saying all these names right. I doubt I am. And then Iran will take on United States November 29th for the last scheduled World Cup game at Al Thumana, Doda, Qatar. And that's your look at United States 
National Soccer, and that's your look on the pitch. We talk about Dayton, we talk about Cincinnati, we talk about Columbus. We actually talk about football here on the podcast, unlike other outfits. No, seriously, unless it's FC Cincinnati, soccer is not mentioned at all on media. I will say Cincinnati Sports, Cincinnati Soccer Talk, pardon me, Cincinnati Soccer Talk, they do an excellent job covering everything soccer in Cincinnati. The women's team, which I think they do cover, and Kings Hammer and FC Cincinnati, of course, they do an excellent job. I recommend giving them a check out and see. Wrong side of the pod, I think that's still going on with Jeremy Lance and GJ, DJ Switzer. And around Dayton area, Five Rivers Faithful. I recommend going to their Slack and joining up if you want to talk nothing but soccer in Dayton. And Columbus, I'm sure there's groups, but honestly, I'm not entirely sure on the Columbus scene. I do know that Yellow Nation Army's back. That's my group of guys. That's my group of uh, supporters that I interviewed in college about 12 or 13 years ago. My God, has it been that long? Yes, it has. So that will do it. And I promise baseball fans, if you listen through that whole episode about soccer, baseball is next. And hopefully we'll get some interviews in soon. But I can't promise anything because when I do and I don't deliver, everyone gets mad at me and then I feel like a big failure. Well, I do feel like a big failure all the time anyway, but there you go. So that will do it. That's on the pitch and we're in the summer season and we'll give you some updates as this season rolls along here on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. That will do it for this episode. We'll talk to you again for baseball next. Thank you for listening to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure to bookmark SindayPod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D, the official website of the podcast. You can find your favorite ways of listening to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. You can also purchase merchandise from Tee Public and Redbubble to help support the podcast. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod, and the host at The Lee W. Mowen. The closing theme is Cosmopolitan from Pecan Pie on Upbeat. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for your continued listenership and join me on the next episode.